It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time for another soccer down here, 1v1, and it's time to catch up with our friends in Wilmington, where USL to Wilmington, committed to bringing professional soccer back to Wilmington, North Carolina, announced their intentions to launch a League One franchise starting competition in 2024. Hanging out with us, Dewan Bader. Coach, thanks for hanging out with us for a 1v1. Thanks for having me. So let's go back into the the genesis of the idea. I know that there are folks like me that have the T-shirts and probably have uh you know search ebay looking for hammerheads jerseys and things like that how i guess this is your five questions like how why who all the well all that kind sure. of sure let's just start with the well let's just start with the why 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 bring it back well i think the why is because it's a great community for it right they uh they always supported soccer in the past um the youth club is thriving and, and playing in the ecnl and doing well under the guidance of car supporter um so when you know when i was talking to people and looking at where would kind of the perfect market be for me being in Raleigh, North Carolina as well, played for the Wilmington Hammerheads. Wilmington just kept on jumping out. Um, They've got a history of supporting them, right? So when you're looking at it from a business sense, uh, they were averaging just under 3000 back in like 2015. Um, So for us, we we look at that as that's a great starting ground, right? We bring a team in, to hope that we can match that 3,000 to start and then hope to get it, you know, closer to 4,000, 5,000 based on uh, the stadium. But that's, that's really, that's really why it's just Wilmington's a great place to live, great place to play. And we feel like it, it really can support a team and the community seems to really want a team back. Why league one, how many different leagues and processes went into trying to figure out where you were trying to go? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I think, always we were looking around the division three level. So whether or not it was league one or MLS next, you know, up and rising and NISA. And it's mainly because of the platform we have, the technical model. We want to bring in young players and we want to help develop them. And, and it's easier to do so to some extent at that level, not as much money being spent on the players, not as much, I guess, focus on the winning. And don't get me wrong. We plan on winning (laughs) 
and being competitive, but we really want to help change trajectories and that's on the field and off the fields. But so on the field, league one made the most sense for us because it, we felt it gives us that platform. Um, and we want to, the other side of it is we want to be able to move players to Europe and not just domestically. And the MLS next pro as great of a league as it is, is really more suited towards putting all players into MLS. Um, we just figured with the USL one uh, platform, it made us, uh, it gave us more options to go about things. And when it comes to developing players and moving them on. And at the same time, when you look at league one, what it also gives you are those instant rivalries because Correct. the Southeastern footprint of league one, first and foremost, you got North Carolina FC. That's a, that's a part and parcel to the process that you know about and carry. But yeah. you've got Greenville and Statesboro and Chattanooga and that southeastern footprint there, which makes it easy, one, for rivalries, two, for travel, and three, for your budgets out of the blocks. Correct. You, you, you're spot on there, right? So you've got Richmond Kickers as well and Charlotte Independence. Um, and, and ironically, a lot of those clubs have youth clubs all playing in, in the ECNL league, which also could end up being a really cool thing when you kind of look at this youth to pro model. Um, and, 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 and talking about not just selling tickets, but starting rivalries, you know, our, our desire would be for us to, to come to NCFC and, and, and play around the games with either the boys or the girls on the same night when we're playing the pro team and then have them do something similar at some point in the season. If you can do that with three or four clubs then you, you're just producing a lot of really cool situations and great environments for the game. How different a soccer community is Wilmington now than it was when the Hammerheads were last there because we we both know that the sport has grown. We both know that the sport has grown in the Southeast to where we were just talking about, but how different a community is it when it comes to the growth of the sport in Wilmington since there was last a franchise there? Yeah, I think it's, I think for me, it's, it's the level of play and the level um, and not to take away from anybody that was coaching youth soccer there in the past, but just kind of where the organization and the professionalism of the organization is. Um, like I said, I alluded to Carson Porter, but they've got so many good guys there. Chris Brewer, Brian, Anthony, Joe Phil. I mean, it, the list goes on. And when I was there for um, their awards banquet, it's not just the guys that are, in the club it's guys that like our parents in the club it's an unbelievable community of really quality people and quality soccer players you know um, um that have played at professional levels collegiate levels and have found their way back to wilmington so i think that in itself has really changed things you know i think the reputation of the wilmington teams and the wilmington players has changed things considerably also um you know they're putting money into into the youth complex so the community is showing that they that they see where it's going and they're willing to help, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if I'm to look at it and, and, and I'll be honest, look, I, I was not that tapped into the youth side of things. I was their opponent uh, while coaching a triangle football club when it comes to the youth side. Um, but I feel like they've always been they've always been a good club, but now I feel like the, they have players that are more committed to it, where in the past they might be distracted more by the beach or other things. And now I think it's like, no, soccer is like, soccer is serious. Soccer is legit. And we want to focus on this and we want to play at the highest levels possible. Um, so that that's just kind of from the outside looking in. When it comes to building a franchise, I, I know that uh, the, the three names at the top of the list for, uh, the USL to Wilmington marquee were you, Scott Sullivan, co-founder of uh, Cameron Management, and Chris Mumford, uh, professor of practice at, at UNC Chapel Hill. What 
attracted you or what gravitated you, I guess is probably the better word to those individuals to, to sit there and say, okay, we have a like mind. Let's do this. Because when you, when you enter something like this, it's not something that, you know, that you take lightly. What was the gravitational pull among the three of you? Yeah, this is actually kind of a cool story. So Chris Mumford and I have become friends from being soccer dads. Um, I, I coached his son for a little bit, and then his son and my son were on the same team. And this is while I was not coaching youth soccer, but full-time with the pro team, which ironically gave me more time to watch my kids play because I wasn't on the field at the same time, right? So um, I would gravitate towards sitting with Chris Mumford because I'm the guy that when my when my son plays, I'm just kind of off to the side and watching, and, and I just really take it in and sit down. And, and he's an intellect and he's a soccer guy himself. He played goalkeeper at UNC Chapel Hill. So we would start to have these great conversations about tactics, soccer, professional level, collegiate level, whatever. So um, we started to form a friendship. At the same time, my son and his son started to form a friendship. So he was over more often. Um, my son has a, has a twin sister and has a, an older sister. And so they all became friends with Eli. So the Mumfords started to spend a lot of time together. And while Chris and I were, would talk about stuff, he'd say, where are you with your senior A coaches course and how's this? And it was during COVID. Um, so he said, look, my curriculum is kind of all over the place. He's a, you know, um, a professor of business innovation at UNC. He's like, why don't you present this idea you have that, you, that we were talking about, about the model of a pro soccer team? to my class and we'll just use it as like, you know, something for us to discuss and where this could go and all that. So for me, it was really cool. Um, at this point, it was just an idea. Um, I mean, I don't really hang around a bunch of uh, you know, people worth $10 million and $20 million to present these ideas to, but Chris kind of, after I presented, he said, well, that, that was a better business model and technical model than I thought it would be. Um, and we just started talking and said, you know what, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd love to come on board and let's actually try to try to make this happen. So I was elated. Um, he, you know, Chris's comment, I think, was uh, Elon Musk. It, it's a crazy idea until it is, you know. So he said, let's just let's just run with it. And he said, in my vision, it's it's sometimes easier to raise 20 million dollars than it is to raise two to three million dollars. And by that, he meant let's let's make it a real estate deal let's let's uh, change it from just the soccer team because as much as i have aspirations the reality shows that history shows that just soccer does not pay the bills um and so he he essentially said let's take it from a real estate component approach and building a stadium and that got the leagues excited it got um the politicians excited if you will and then we went and, and, and shopped it around to a couple of people. And Scott Sullivan was, was actually the first person we talked to, even though we talked with others. And we were lucky. We didn't know Scott really had a history with soccer and that he's a soccer enthusiast and loves the game, but also is just kind of a philanthropist and, and just honestly, he's just one of the best people I've met in a long time. And he loved the idea. And we just kept on, we said, we, we're going to keep opening doors till doors close on us. And they weren't closing. So we would present this and this and this. And people said, yeah, we love the idea, kind of as long as you can figure it out. Um, so we're still figuring it out, but we're getting much closer. And I know at the same time that when it comes to uh, individuals that you want to walk this path with you, whether it's there in an administrative side or an ownership side or uh, the, the bureaucracy side or the player's side and the management side and, and recruitment and all that kind of stuff, both the athletic and the non-athletic, 
you're looking for a specific kind of individual to take this walk with you. What kind of personality traits and or business traits are you looking at so you can get those right reps for the new round of USL to Wilmington? Yeah, I, I, I think for me, I mean, character traits are a huge thing. So, right. So, so one, obviously you'd love to find somebody who's already successful because it means they've done a good job, um, but confident and then most importantly, humble and then trustworthy. Right. I mean, th those are, those are kind of the core values, not just what I look in for people, but those will be core values of, of, of the players in the club and, and who we look to hire, you know? So uh, what I can tell you is I found two really good people um, I think the other side of it is quite frankly, is they're, they're soccer guys. You know, I, I mentioned it is, you know, Scott maybe didn't play in college, but he grew up playing soccer. He tells a story about carrying Pele's bags through an airport. Right. Um, I love the idea of finding these really smart, humble people like willing to work, but also willing to learn because not all of us have had these experiences, but quite frankly, I love the idea of 90% of these people being soccer people and having a true love and passion for the game because it's just been my upbringing if you love if you love something and you have passion for something you're probably going to put a lot into that right um and if you're honest and hardworking and humble and willing to learn that's a pretty good recipe for success if you get a bunch of people like that in a room like i said both on the field and off the field um i watch a lot of documentaries and while this is going on i happen to watch a, one on Bayern Munich and one of the things that stood out to me is how many people um, in that organization that have very high, you know, sporting director, technical director, president that were former players that I knew of from watching like soccer made in Germany when I was a kid. And I was like, yeah, they're, they're onto something there. You know, I mean, I love the idea of having just soccer people in advertising in business and, 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 you know, sponsorship everywhere because they get it and they love it. Toby Charles, man, after my own heart, Toby Charles, there you go. Oh, hey, hey, public broad, public broadcasting late at night, you know, when that when that pulled over when I was a kid, trust me, I'm right there with you with soccer beat to made in Germany. Uh, there's always a to do list. And I know that with uh, you, you're looking to have the competition starting in 2024, because with something that has all of these different moving parts, you don't want to rush the plane onto the runway to take away to take off from the airport because you might have left somebody's bags behind or, you know, you might have left a passenger behind. You want the you want the run to be as pure as possible and go as cleanly as possible. I know that we all have our own to-do lists. And it could be on, you know, it could be on a phone where you pull out your stylus, you sit there and you write something down, you put the stylus back, you put the phone away. It could be on the magnet on the, you know, the fridge magnet, you know, the little board with the dry erase that you sit there at two o'clock in the morning, you're getting your water, and it's like, ooh, idea. You write it down. Then you put the dry erase marker away. It could be on a calendar, or it could be on one of those big six-foot whiteboards that's got the dry erase stuff and arrows all over the place that you're drawing on consistently. Where is your to-do list, and what do you think the next thing that you can cross off of it is? So I, I think first and foremost, we have to get the franchise agreement exercise, which essentially means uh, we need to get the investors in place and pay the franchise fee. Once once we do that, there's no there's no going backwards, right? Um, so I, I think right now, uh, you know, Scott and I, we're, we're working on getting at least one or two more people to where he's not, you know, carrying the burden, if you will, on his own. Um, I don't think it will stay at two or three more people, but we want it to be a, a, a consolidated group to start. And we're working on that. Hopefully, 
hopefully we can have that solved in the next few weeks. Because uh, as you know, this has been going on. It's not like we've just started doing this and, and we have some meetings next week. Um, the next thing is solidifying that we have a place to play prior to the stadium being built. Um, right now we're talking with the city. So Legion Field is our is our priority right now. Um, but there are some things that, that we would like to upgrade, to change um, from the old Legion field, you know, to, to make it more suited for what our vision is. Um, and so we're working on that with the city. I think those are the two things that right now, once we solve those, the franchise fee and the franchise agreement will get executed. Um, after that, then, you know, in the background, we're still doing a lot of things, but one of them for me is the fan engagement and the, and the community engagement. So we're already starting to do some some uh, social media posts where we hadn't done. We brought somebody in to help us with that, just to start getting everything out there. You know, plan on um, coming into town more often and meeting with the youth soccer people, but meeting with the meeting with the leadership group of um, not just youth soccer, but you know, adult soccer. Um, had a great conversation with the with Tim at Port City. Um, we want we want the supporters, the group that used to support the Hammerheads. We want to go out and meet the guys that led that. So a lot of it's going to be community engagement with the hope of having some, you know, we're in a really interesting year where the World Cup's going to be in the winter. Uh, and, and hopefully in a way that plays well for us in that we'll have our stuff in order so we can host some World Cup parties and start generating more interest for the USL to Wilmington platform. USLTO, USL2 Wilmington, the word two, TO, USL2Wilmington.com is the website. When it comes to everything that you look at and you're to this particular point, would you have ever imagined in your career as player and coach on various levels? Did you, if I had told you, let me, let me phrase it this way, say 10, 15 years ago, if I had walked up to you, it just, you know, we're having, you know, we're having sweet teas or something at a, at a restaurant downtown. If I'd walked up to you 15 years ago, we're having a conversation and I would have told you that we would be having this particular conversation where you are promoting the idea of taking uh, USL's League One and adding Wilmington, North Carolina to the mix. If I had told you, say, 10, 15 years ago that we'd be having this conversation, what would you have told me then? I wouldn't be that surprised, to be honest. Uh, I, I, I wrote a thesis on on this when I was in college about, you know, American soccer and how they need to to mirror uh, what they do in Europe in regards to having a development pathway uh, of youth clubs underneath pro teams and, and, and all that. So, you know, look, in my generation, my era, you look at the guys that were involved with soccer and where they are now, and a lot of those guys I either know or played against or played, you know, it, it, Greg Berhalter, the coach of the national team, somebody asked me about him. I was laughing because the first time ever somebody said, anybody ever say you look like Greg Berhalter? And I got a good kick out of it. And I texted Greg after a game. I said, well, when we, when we get old and lose our hair, I guess we all look alike. Um, but my, my point, my point is, is I believe anything can happen in this sport because I know where it was 30 years ago, 40 years ago when I was younger and I've seen it grow, uh, albeit at times, maybe not growing at the rate I thought it could, but clearly in the last eight to 10 years, it's exploded with the success of MLS and the MLS academies um, and the reputation of, of, of American soccer players in Europe. So, you know, yeah, I, I would say it's not surprising at all, only because I feel like nothing in this game surprises me. Um, I, play, I played with a guy named Mark Polisic when he had his son Christian 
a number of years ago, right? And you go, who would ever guess that my teammate would be the father of like the, the most outstanding soccer player in the country at this time? So nothing surprises me. I actually would say, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised it took this long for us to get here. Um, you know, after playing in Wilmington in 96, because even then playing at New Hanover High School, you're like, this is a really cool community and I can see a team being here. USLTOWilmington.com. Uh, Dewan Bader, thanks for hanging out with us, Dro- pulling back the curtain. And if at any point you ever want to break news with us here at SDH, you know, you, hey, you, you, you've got my numbers, you've got our stuff. Anytime you want to break news, let us know. We'll be more to I appreciate that. Thank you. The 1v1, thanks for hanging out. Thanks so much.